Joe Suchere. I am Steve. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, no, wait, I'm Joe. No, I'm no, Joe. I am Steve. Oh. Mackie and Judd uh, started doing that bit a couple of years ago. Playing calls from the Green Bay Packer vent line. After, uh, <laughs> after losses. Yeah. And uh, I am Steve is uh, probably one of my top favorites of all time. Well, it's a fellow who called and didn't even know his own name. That's when you've had quite a few. I mean, it, that's when it's just... Uh, are, are we on now? How did he dial the phone? Well, that's what I was wondering. I asked Harrigan, I said, so here's a guy, and again, I I feel his pain. I've been in those shoes. He's had himself a couple of beers watching the game, and he says, you know what? I'm going to call into the fellas and offer up some thoughts. Steve, how you doing? Think. Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm on a You're Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> Okay, Steve. Whoa. Okay, I'm gonna tell him what I think about that yep. game. Hey, Steve. No, wait. No, I am Steve. Have you ever been to a game there? Oh yeah, three yeah. times. Uh, I ju- oh, whoops, excuse yep. me. I just confessed to yesterday um, wanting to. That's on my bucket list. I've never been it's to cool. Lambo. It is. There's cool. taverns on every corner. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to go there with Hardware Mark when he takes the Winnebago. Sure. Who he's leaving the hardware store to go to work for the NFL. He is? Yes. Talk about a dream job. In what capacity? Uh, he told me at Ben Mann's funeral, but I, uh, you I forgot. forgot. He's a he's a uh, an ambassador of some sort. I'll be there. For the, yeah. when the Super Bowl's here? Uh, no, for he's going to go to work for the NFL. Wow. He's Joe, at the, uh, isn't it the Our Own Hardware? Uh, SNS. SNS. Bob at the it. SNS is going to be very yeah. sorry to lose Mark. So Randolph and uh, Fairview. Yep. Joe, have you been to Lambeau since the renovation took no, place? No, not since the renovation. It's it's very well done. I know Viking fans are supposed to hate Green mm-hmm. Bay and blah, blah, blah. Lambeau Field's cool. It's absolutely a, a, a place every football fan should visit. Well, it's the Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Montreal Forum. Ah, Les Habitants. Mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden. Uh, those the, are your, those the, are your... The Metrodome. I can't. What out west is... Um, I can't. What out west pulls that kind of street? Dodger cred? Stadium. Dodger maybe? Stadium, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, yeah. That's pretty much it, huh? It's 35 degrees. Not the Coliseum, maybe. Yeah. L.A. Coliseum. Yeah. Rose Bowl? The Rose, Bowl. Rose Bowl. There you go. Yeah. Pretty much it. Nothing in the Northwest. That's all new. That's all new. Uh, Wyomania. Yeah, nice. Wyomania does not, <laughs> has that same street crowd. That's coming up, by the way. Is Pat going on the yeah, last one? He this is his last one. He said yeah. he's not going after. Why this. does he wait until it's twenty below? Why not go to one in September? I think that that is part of keeps the riffraff. Well, <laughs> I believe that's part of um, the mystique of Wyomania is that they they go to the last home game of the year All when right. it's oh, you know, when I you're see. battling the elements. Senior and night or yeah, exactly. Like well, it's going to be dreadful. <laughs> just dreadful. I just love how. Pat hasn't had a drink in over 30 years, and he's finally decided, maybe I should be the one driving the van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, wild didn't look too good last night, fellas. Oof. Tried to come back, but it just wasn't there. No. When are we going to... I mean, we, ha- we, we have to come to the conclusion that they're not very good. They're not. They're missing a superstar. This is going to be the year, too. You know, we're at 48 hours out now from the shooting in Texas. Yes. And more and more becomes revealed, and we were puzzled yesterday as to why this fellow, uh, guilty of the crimes he was, and then discharged from the 
military discharge from the Air Force with only a bad conduct discharge. More is known about that now. Uh, a day after the deadliest mass shooting in state history, the military acknowledged that it did not submit the shooter's criminal history to the FBI as required by the Pentagon. Hmm. If his past offenses had been properly shared, they would have prevented him from buying a gun. Okay, uh, that still doesn't answer the bad conduct discharge versus the dishonorable discharge. But uh, according to this piece... You mean the distinction between those two? What would be the distinction to separate them? Right, but if his past offenses had been properly shared, they would have prevented him from buying a gun. Okay. I don't want to go into more of what we're now learning he actually said in the church. It's profane and and evil. And uh, he was shooting people point blank. Shot 400 rounds. And a a survivor who played dead to survive has recounted uh, what he was saying in the church. And it's not fit for man or beast. So... Well, I, I, I'm trying to get into his mind as to why he called his father. After doing these evil deeds, why did he feel the need to touch base with his father? I have no idea. Uh, we are now learning, too, that Texas authorities will never use his name again. The shooter's name went unspoken at a news conference on the killings at a church in Sutherland Springs, and authorities there said they intend to keep refraining from saying it. We do not want to glorify him and what he has done, Texas Department of Public Safety Regional Director Freeman Martin said yesterday. FBI Special Agent in Charge Christopher Combs agreed, saying we don't talk about the shooter in the hope that it does not encourage other people to do horrific acts. Hmm. Uh, I kind of like a page from that playbook. That choice reflects a larger movement of authorities, victims, families, and academics who want to deny to mass killers the fame they often seek and to keep from inspiring the next one. The message, don't hide information, but don't hype it. Report the name of a shooter when it's first released, then leave it out. The movement was created by No Notoriety, a group at the forefront of the effort that focuses on spreading simple meme. Is it meme? Meme. 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 What's meme. a meme? Meme. Talk to uh, me in uh, English. What's a meme? To the point. Meme-friendly ideas. Stop making rampage mass murders famous. Read a post on Facebook and Twitter along with a blotted-out photo of the Texas shooter. A meme is an idea, behavior, or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. Yeah, but that's a post-social media invented word, isn't it? Yes. Meme. I never heard of it before. Cell phones. It's often with the aim of conveying a particular phenomenon, theme, or meaning represented by that particular meme. Karen and Tom Teeves, whose son Alex was killed while shielding his girlfriend in the 2012 shooting in Aurora, Mm. Colorado, started the group. They were driven to act by feelings of disgust but found common cause with experts. While the immediate provocations for shooters differ, authorities in Texas said the shooting may have been prompted by a domestic violence situation. Most seek the same kind of attention. Zainep Tufeki, a professor at the University of North Carolina who studies the social effects of technology said evidence shows that future mass shooters were carefully watching coverage of the most recent attacks. She has repeatedly urged both online and and in op-eds that outlets should avoid repetition of the killer's name and face and steer 
clear of step-by-step discussions of their methods. It's past time that we considered less sensationalist ways of covering mass shootings and reported such grim news without plastering the killer's name and face everywhere to Fecky, told the Associated Press. I'll go along with that. I won't mention his name. The hell with him. Just say the killer. Well, the evil. Right. The evil. Evil doer. He's an evil doer. There's no doubt about it. Uh, oh, oh, when I get my hands on the guy who sold us this thing. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. president, among others, is saying tougher gun laws would not have prevented this. That's probably true. But how about more selectively tailored? Let's revisit for a moment what we stumbled across after the Las Vegas massacre. And that was the research by a woman named Leah Labresco, who is a statistician and worked for 538. That's a data journalism site founded by Nate Silver. Remember Nate Silver? Yeah, he's the, the election prognosticator. Right. Uh, and, and she's the woman who said, before I started researching gun deaths, gun control policy used to frustrate me. I wish the National Rifle Association would stop blocking common sense gun control reforms, such as banning assault weapons, restricting silencers, shrinking magazine sizes, and all of the other measures that could make guns less deadly. Then my colleagues and I at 538 spent three months analyzing all 33 lives ended by guns each year in the U.S., and I wound up frustrated in a whole new way. We looked at what interventions might have saved those people, and the case for the policies I'd lobbied for, I'd lobbied for crumbled when I examined the evidence. The best ideas left standing were narrowly tailored interventions to protect subtypes of potential victims, not broad attempts to limit the lethality of guns. But the one, and then she found three groups of uh, people, uh, older uh, white males, young black men, and women in domestic abuse situations. And she went on to say, I found the most hope in more narrowly tailored interventions, potential suicide victims, women menaced by their abusive partners and kids swept up in street vendettas are all in danger, but they each require different protections. Uh, Older men who make up the largest share of gun suicides need better access to people who could care for them and get them help. Women endangered by specific men like the killer, the Texas killer's wife need to be prioritized by police who can enforce restraining orders prohibiting these men from buying and owning guns. I I find that, how does that threaten anyone's freedom? It doesn't threaten mine. No, and that's where I said the the gun lobby and the gun owners, they need to give a little here. Uh, Their rights are not being completely taken away, but... But, uh, but But the path she's on is the correct one. These These talking points politicians seize upon when they take the grandstand on something like this. Right. They're meaningless. This is hardcore statistical homework that has resulted in a woman who obviously is not a gun owner. 
She she admits that in the piece, doesn't want a gun in her house, was hoping to find different results, but true to her discipline, said, look, everything I believed in crumbled before my eyes. And, and what we really need are selectively tailored measures. One of, and the most important of which, as it pertains to the case yesterday, uh, Sunday, is police enforcing restraining orders and doubling up on preventing those with restraining orders or, or a, a convicted or accused convic- convicted of domestic assault not allowed to purchase a weapon. I, I'm all for it. All for it. I don't know how you cannot and, be. And, and again, given our technology, I own Joe's Gun Shop. And every day I go to the computer and I check for incoming names of guys who uh, uh, are on the uh, domestic abuse list. And in walks this guy and says, I want to buy this uh, Ruger. No, you're on the list, pal. Take a hike. Nope, sorry. Boom. Not sorry. Boom. Yep. No, I'm not sorry. Right. Yeah, I just can't do it. But that makes sense to me. We got to get smarter about a gun. What is called gun control? These these broad based grandstand plays by, you know, Nancy Pelosi or whoever decides to stand up right. at the podium. They're meaningless when you when you uh, they're meaningless compared to those who have actually looked at this statistically and discovered subsets of people most at risk. And this whole thing yesterday flared up from a. Uh, uh, domestic problem. Problems with the mother-in-law preceded by this guy beating up the wife and cracking the skull of a child. The military, uh, the, uh, the Air Force will have to deal with the Pentagon and why they didn't convey the information as they were apparently required to do. But this is 48 hours. By the time we're 72 hours out, we'll know more about that. Mm. In the meantime, uh, you would think, you would think a politician uh, could be made aware of Leah Labresco's piece. It was written in; the, she wrote it as an opinion piece for the Washington Post on October third. Well, you think it would have been seen two by days, many, two yeah. days after the Vegas massacre? So you would think that these people, All right? Thank you. Mm-hmm, on either side of the aisle would say, "Well, wait a minute." Uh, Let's look at the num. Let's look at what the the numbers well, let's, are. Let's look at reality here and begin to understand that uh, we need to more selectively tailor our attempts to prevent violence, not these broad brush accounts that tend to sweep up too many innocent people or too many honest people. <clears throat> honest law-abiding people are not your problem. But that that's that. I thought that was extremely interesting. That that a woman who I think she went to Yale. I'm sure she has. I'm sure she. I'm sure her uh, liberal walking papers are in fine fettle, and 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 uh, and I'm I'm not I'm not indicting her for that. I'm just saying here was a woman who probably had to face the facts and say, "Damn it! Look what I'm discovering here: young black males, women at risk, and older white men for suicide." Now, admittedly, she might not have. How do you statistically? How do you statistically examine mass shootings? Uh, that that doesn't seem to be in her purview here. But but the one Sunday stemmed from a guy with domestic assault charges and wounding a child. <clears throat> apparently, not 
prevented from having a gun. When I open my doors in the morning at my gun shop, I want to go to the computer. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah, I got five guys I better watch for today. Right? Tailored, That's the only way. Tailored selective means. Mm-hmm. Tom. Hey, Joe. Hi. So you were alluding to some common sense reforms a couple minutes ago. And, you know, I'm a gun owner, and I'm with you. I, I don't see any problems with common sense reforms. You've talked about bump stocks before, for instance. Mm-hmm. But I think that you would grant me this, that the irony of any gun reform is that it probably won't inconvenience the law abiding much, but it probably also won't stop the bad guys. Got to start someplace. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm glad you're having a conversation as opposed to a lot of folks that just like to yell. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Are you crack open a kid's uh, skull? I'm not selling you a gun. I right. want to hear about it. Right. You've shown me you've it. got temper problems. I want to hear about it. Anger management trouble. Kelly. Hey, I just wanted to say, we, we've got to enforce the laws that we already have in place. This guy should have never had a gun. Right. There's you know, a, we, there were a lot of bureaucratic screw-ups in this case. Exactly. Plus, we don't, we, don't, uh, we don't enforce the laws we have. There's so many state sentences with gun violence. There's so many, um, you know, paroles and just dismissals with gun violence. And what mm-hmm. do they do? They always come back uh, and do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. All right. Thank you. Randy. Yeah, you know, the guy before me just kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Um, the guy wasn't supposed to get a gun, and you're depending on uh, government bureaucracy to take care of it. Um, and it, what the left really wants is to, to, to stop the Second Amendment. To, well, but they, they won't, and they can't, and, well, that, and that's what we got. Don't worry about that. Let's get smarter here. Everybody gets smarter about this. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, but I'm just, I'm just, like the last guy said, the guy wasn't supposed to get a gun with the current laws we had yeah. that he did, yeah. and that's the sad part of the whole thing. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's uh, bring in John Height. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Sunny, 35 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. Former Minnesota Twins coach Rick Stelmazic, who helped the team win two World Series championships, died yesterday from complications from pancreatic cancer. He was 69 years old. The uh, Twins informed of the death by a friend of the Stelmazic family, according to team spokesman Dustin Morse. Stelmazic spent 32 seasons as a Twins coach from 1981 to 2012, the longest-tenured coach in Twins history and third-longest with a single team in Major League history. That is one of my top five favorite baseball stories that Patrick's told, and he told it yesterday upon hearing that Rick Stelmazic had died as Puckett looks at Charlie Lee Brett. Before he hits the home run and looks at Stella Mazik and says, Stelly, this bleeping game is over. <laughs> God, I love that story. 
Sources have been reporting for a couple of days that the Vikings will bring Teddy Bridgewater off the physically unable to perform list tomorrow, put him on the roster. Now, word has it that the team might place Sam Bradford on IR to make room for Teddy on the roster. ESPN, uh, ESPN reporting that Bradford visited Dr. James Andrews in Florida to have his ailing left knee reevaluated. That will give the Vikings more info before they need to make the expected roster move tomorrow. Bridgewater hasn't played since suffering a torn left ACL in August 2016. When he comes back to the roster, it'll be initially as a backup to Case Keenum, who's 4-2 as a starter in relief of Bradford. Last night's Monday night game between the Lions and Packers brought in some uh, not very good ratings for the ESPN. The game was awful. It was. The game drew a 7.6 overnight rating, the worst rating for a Week 9 Monday night game since the year 2007. Oh, my God. That's 10 years, John. Probably yes, won't see that is. matchup again, huh? Rating is down 3%. I don't think the matchup had anything to do with it. No? Aaron Rodgers probably is what yeah. had to do with it. Got it. Rating down 3% from the Bills Seahawks in Week 9 last year. That game was the night before the presidential election. At that point, the NFL was blaming declining ratings on Americans, turning their attention to the election. Last night's ratings, though, even worse. Overall, Monday night ratings have risen slightly this year. ESPN is up 3% from last season. Okay, uh, Mr. Uh, Technology, could this also be a, a function of people who have cable cut? Well, in other it, words, oh yeah, it could be, sure. Bit. In uh, other words, the ratings aren't capturing the people who have figured out a way to watch this stuff unconventionally. Well, and Pat, you know, he and I are, debated this uh, uh, last week, but I think that the NFL ratings are down is because of the Red Zone channel. You know, for guys like me, unless it's the Vikings game, I don't watch. I did watch a little bit of this game last night, but I'm not going to sit and watch Cleveland play whoever. But I, the I watch Red Zone channel. The Red Zone channel is a is the one of the most it's the best invention in the history of television. It basically takes you from game to game story? when each team gets in scoring position. Oh. It's, it's brilliant. So it's like they, they switch and they go to that. They'll go to, you know, they'll go to Houston and when, when they're in the red zone, yeah. you know, inside the 20 Houston's on the five. Let's see what happens. You want to get that, Joe, that uh, on your I'm podcast? I'm okay. I'm good. But that yeah. way you can follow the entire league at once. Yeah, that's what I want You know to what? Do. Fantasy <laughs> football has ruined the NFL. I don't. Hasn't helped. Never mind. Oh, you couldn't like be more wrong. Stop the, red zone. the presses. Continue, John. News notes from today. <laughs> Let's get thoughts from Steve. No. Yeah. It's election day. Polling I'll places. I voted. Did you? I didn't. Yeah. I got to go after. Nikima? I live in St. Paul. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Polling places are open until 8 tonight. There are various referendums in cities around Minnesota. And, of course, mayoral elections in Minneapolis and St. Paul. You know how long it took me to vote? Hmm. Minute 40 seconds. What number were you? I didn't ask the number, but mm-hmm. I was at eight fifteen. There was nobody there, nobody. And St. Paul. But the guys told me the judges said they had a good run earlier. Okay, before, but I must have caught a work lo- time. Huh? Did you have your nose pressed in the glass waiting for them to open the door? No, that's at seven o'clock. They had a good oh. run. I didn't show up till about eight fifteen, eight twenty. And in St. Paul, it's very important to vote today. Mm-hmm. Police have arrested a man on suspicion of criminal vehicular homicide after another man was pronounced dead in St. Paul early this morning. Just before 2 o'clock, authorities said they were traveling westbound on East 7th Street when they saw a vehicle hit a pedestrian in the oncoming lane just past Kitson Avenue. So the officer stopped, found the pedestrian lying in the street. One officer began chest compressions on the victim. St. Paul Fire Department medics were also called to the scene to administer aid. However, the pedestrian was later pronounced dead. Another officer located the suspect vehicle on Mounds Boulevard. The officer noticed front-end damage to the vehicle, pulled the driver over. Officer reported detecting alcohol on the suspect's breath. 
That suspect, identified as 24-year-old Kameng Zhang of St. Paul, was arrested on suspicion of criminal vehicular homicide. Authorities have not yet released the victim's identity. Hey, back to the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we didn't have a presidential election and a governor. I, I get all that. But did you guys, I didn't notice hardly any political ads on television this year. As if, you know, in comparison to recent years. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't. No. Because last year, was a, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot to handle, right? Air Force admitted yesterday it had failed to enter the man's domestic violence court-martial into a federal database that could have blocked him from buying the rifle he used to kill 26 people in that church in Texas on Sunday. Under federal law, the conviction of the gunman, Devin Kelly, for domestic assault, should have stopped Kelly from legally buying the military-style rifle and three other guns he acquired in the last four years. The Air Force said in the statement, The Air Force has launched a review of how the service handled the criminal records of former Airman Devin P. Kelly. The statement said Heather Wilson, the Air Force Secretary, and General David Goldfein, Air Force Chief of Staff, had ordered the Air Force Inspector General to conduct a complete review of the Kelly case. Air Force also said it was looking into whether other convictions had been improperly left unreported to the federal database for firearms background checks. More news now on that attack on Senator Rand Paul. Police say the man still could be charged with a felony, the fellow that attacked Paul, his neighbor. It was Rene Boucher. is currently charged with fourth-degree assault. That could be risen to a felony, though. 59-year-old accused of tackling the senator from behind while he was outside his home on Friday. Apparently, the whole thing set off uh, by landscaping. Neighbors reportedly said the two men have a long-running dispute over yard waste. Boucher... <laughs> <laughs> this is old school. Yard waste. Uh-huh. Apparently, from what I read uh, a little more in depth, apparently the blowing of leaves into one yard or the other was ah, the, that was old the trick. problem. Ah, oh. uh, Bill won't mind. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shea admitted to going into Paul's property and tackling him while Paul was mowing his lawn. Matt Baker, Boucher's attorney, said his client is remorseful and the attack was not politically motivated. It just had, it was one leaf too many. Yep. That's it. <laughs> uh, Paul's injuries. Staring in his window. <laughs> it runs out. Damn it. Uh, Paul's injuries could postpone his return to Washington. That might make it tough for Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who's working to round up enough votes to pass tax reform. Christie's Auction House says it's discovered a previously unknown copy of a 510-year-old map that's been dubbed America's Birth Certificate because it is the first to use the name America for the New World. Julian Wilson, senior specialist at Christie's Books Department, says the 1507 two-dimensional printed globe by German cartographer Martin Waldsmuller is the earliest piece of writing that uses the word America. Waldsmuller decided to name the landmass after Italian explorer Amerigo Vespucci, who helped show the lands being explored by Europeans in the 15th and 16th centuries were not, as Christopher Columbus surmised, part of Asia. Uh, Christie said today it will sell the map in London on December 13th. It's expected the two-dimensional map will fetch between $788,000 up to $1.2 million. Or about as much as a prince guitar. Yeah. I have a logistics Question here I am for concerning you. Christopher Columbus. Yep, was he trying to find America, or did he thought he was going to uh, sail to? Uh, uh, well, they China? didn't know what they were going to find. They just took off, wanted to, wanted to find a new world. Okay, Got right, it. John? Yep. I, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kyrie Irving said the Earth is flat. No, and yeah, Marvin but, Barnes said he ain't getting in no time machine. <laughs> the rest <laughs> is covered by Freddie Smut. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, here we go with Dave Dahl. He always buys American, well, except for beer and cigars. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Nice fall afternoon out there, Joe. A little colder than it should be this time of the year, but it's 35 degrees. Not bad. Mostly clear skies. going to be cold tonight, down to 22. A light southwest breeze at 5 miles per hour, so not much of a wind chill. Mostly sunny tomorrow, still cold, but a high a little warmer at 38 degrees. Southwest winds again at 5. Tomorrow night, some light snow develops, and this is an Arctic front that's coming southward, and it's going to drop our high temperatures big time. Uh, high of only 26 degrees on Thursday, and that may be pushing or may not even get that warm. Windy conditions are going to make it feel like it's in the single digits to low teens for temps most of the day. And then Friday, partly cloudy skies, some snow developing by Friday evening. That snow could become mixed with a little rain on Saturday, but uh, it still looks like a wintry mix all the way through Saturday afternoon. Could be a little accumulating snow in that push of uh, colder air. Then for Sunday, it begins to warm up. 38 on Sunday, 46 on Monday, and 46 again on Tuesday. Chance some light rain showers developing by Tuesday of next week. Tonight, though, Joe, mostly clear skies. are going to get cold, down to 22. Right now, we're at 35. All right, thank you. Thank you. You want to stay with guns? Let's do that. Man pulls gun after wife after wife trips in grocery store. Police say. Reading, Pennsylvania, is Reading uh, part of the monopoly game? What am I? Am I think of the Reading 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 Railroad. Yeah, railroad. It's a railroad. Two hundred bucks. The accidental tripping over a child's toy led to a gun being pulled during a dispute inside a grocery store in Reading, according to city police. Just a minute, I got a, my eye. How come it's not reading? I pronounce it Redding. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I <clears throat> Galileo Francisco became upset after his wife tripped over a small shopping cart being pushed by a child inside the Seatown supermarket at North 6th and Greenwich Streets on Friday. I put the address in in case anybody's listening in Redding. <laughs> Francisco then pointed the gun at another customer before a manager pushed it away, according to court documents released Monday. Reading Police Department officers arrived as Francisco was checking out. They said he ignored all of their commands and forcibly resisted their attempts to arrest him. Francisco, 60, was eventually taken into custody without incident and charged with possession of a weapon, recklessly endangering another person, resisting arrest, simple assault and disorderly conduct, he was freed on $20,000 unsecured bail. All right, I have some questions. Yeah, a whole bunch. I have some questions. Who did he pull the gun on, the kid? That's Yeah, I don't... So a kid's pushing the grocery cart around, and who, who falls, the, the wife? Apparently, uh, Francisco's wife okay. tripped on the, uh, the shopping cart being pushed by the kid, which causes him to pull out a gun. Kenny's already said, if you draw your weapon, you intend to shoot something. Well, A, reporting isn't what it used to be, so this is from WFMZ. Uh, we don't know who he pulled the gun on. Uh, it says uh, he pointed the gun at another customer. Not a good what idea. An, what did another customer have to do with his klutzy wife tripping? I don't get that. And then... That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty final. That's pretty. To and then, pull a gun. And then how? 
how confident was a was a grocery store manager to simply it says here push the gun away? Uh, that, that's that took not some a, that took some gumption. It does because if a guy's already drawn his weapon, mm-hmm. uh, he might be mad enough to use it. So why would you want to get in the way? Then the other thing I was thinking when I saw this, I wonder what I would have done. Let's say you're uh, looking for some olives. You're standing there. You're reading the olive jars. Yeah. And right behind you. Blue cheese stuffed. Yeah, I like those. Yep. And right behind you, uh, some klutz trips over a kid pushing a little toy shopping cart. And the next thing you know, uh, who the, the fellow who turns out to be her husband pulls out a gun. What do you, what the hell do Having you do? Having a lot what of... What do you do? What would Reavers do? Reeves would... Uh... Record? Yeah, I think so. No, he's right here. I'm just teasing. Uh, that would be, it would be shocking. You mean, what would you do if, if the little ankle biter hit you in the shins with the no, thing? No, it sounds the like the wife, the wife tripped over the little kid's cart, and he pulls out a gun. Uh, question whether he should be a gun owner. It reminds me of the joke. Yeah. Uh, did anybody else see him? I think my wife did. You know, that, that whole bit. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody else get a look no, at the, the robber? guy goes in to rob a bank and, and uh, tells everybody to get on the floor and don't look up. Yep. And uh, they, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, Reese, but they, the, the robbers get the loot and as they're leaving, they say, uh, are you sure anybody saw us? Are you sure nobody saw us? And some guy says, I think my wife did. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that is That's terrible. Just, it's terrible. just terrible. It's terrible. It's just terrible. It's terrible. 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 Yeah, he, uh, that guy should not really, if he's got that uh, trigger happy finger, should not own a gun. Tim? Hi. Hi. Hello, so this is Tim. I'm calling from Shorewood. I've seen you guys at the state there and out on Minnetonka with your nice boat. Wonderful. Anyway, I got a couple of uh, things I'd like to toss in here. One about applications, number two about straw buyers. Three, about tips, and then four, about the crazy guy in Texas. All right, so, we have one minute. Okay, on application. Felony to make a false uh, statement on, a, on an application. All right. And then straw buyers, you know, like your aunt goes and buys a gun for you, and you end up shooting somebody, well, your aunt should get in trouble uh, because she knowingly gave you that gun. Right. Tips, uh, instead of turning in poachers, turn in goofballs. Yep. You know, yeah. uh, like like this, uh, the buddy of this Texas shooter, he was a goofball. And the, his buddy said to him the, the day of the shooting, oh, yeah, life is good. Have a drink of whiskey and it'll be all fine. Yeah. And also the, the shooter was um, <clears throat> known to be a livid atheist and his friends uh, de- defriended him on Facebook. All right. I don't know if you, if you knew any about that. Yeah, I and did. Then, uh, yeah, Senator Paul, his neighbor was probably not so upset about about his grass clippings, more about his political insight. And if you want to look into his neighbor's past, he was kind of was involved with some political uh, groups that were not aligned with Senator Paul. All right, thank you. You bet. Talk to you later. Thanks, Joe. All right, thank you. Well, the neighbor swears. The neighbor swears that that politics had nothing to do with him uh, ambushing. Rand Paul on his riding lawnmower. Again, somebody else that went just a little nutso. The only thing that continues to uh, 
uh, interests me about that story is that Rand Paul's doing his own grass. <laughs> that's a that's what I the draw only from. It interests me. Yeah. Beyond that, if they're blowing leaves at each other, See ya. I'm not sure it's a, a terribly important <laughs> One story. One leaf too many. Right. Guess what you want me to be? Cause I guess we have to visit the academy. Uh, oh, it's never ending. I don't want to. Never but, ending. I don't want to, but did you, uh, will you give me the video or the story? Uh, it's a CBS uh, television, not a Philadelphia, but it's a story of a dog in Grand Rapids that oh, yeah. sits in a, it eats in a high chair. I saw this. And then it has to be burped. Like I've got uh, I've got audio. Well, video wasn't help people, but we have world, audio. What in the world is what what what, what is the world coming to? It's pampered. It's pampered for a certain reason, but I can get that for you. Fifteen hundred huh. ESPN. You don't want to miss that. Is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, thirty five.